You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. This is Sean Doyle, host of the Locked On Blue Jays podcast, your daily podcast dedicated to the Toronto Blue Jays. I also cover Canada's team at the site I founded, jaysfromthecouch.com, and I host Jays from the Couch Radio. Also, I'm the co-author of the Jays from the Couch Guide to the 2018 Toronto Blue Jays, which you'll find on Amazon. So whether it's TV, radio, or in person, I'm always happy to talk Blue Jays. So hit me up on Twitter at DoyleJFTC. Welcome to episode three of the Locked On Blue Jays podcast. I'm really excited to be branching out to the Locked On Network associated with fad, Fan Rag Sports. Excuse me. I'll be with you for the entire 2018 season as we look to bring you great audio content every day. So for episode three, I thought it'd be great to reunite with my old buddy, former co-host of Jays from the Couch radio podcast, Keegan Matheson. Now, as many of you know, Keegan's taken his game to another level, a whole another level, by starting Baseball Toronto. So I'll get him to talk about that a bit, and before we dive into the start of the Blue Jays 2018 season. Now, if you missed previous episodes of Locked On Blue Jays, head to jaysfromthecouch.com to catch up. Uh, now, obviously, once things get going, Locked On Blue Jays will have its own site, lockedonbluejays.com, obviously. Should be any day now, but until then, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Jays. All right, at this time, I will welcome my old friend, Keegan Matheson. Happy Easter to you. Happy Easter. Just when the season couldn't get any worse, people get me back. This is great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, it's not off to do a great start, but you know what? Things are looking up. <laughs> but but off to, I guess the Locked On Pod, Jay's podcast is off to a great start because we managed to hook you in very early on, which is uh, I'm really excited about. So, Keegan, I want to let everybody in on what it is you've got going on here because uh, I can speak from personal experience going out branching out and starting something on your own is no easy task but you've kind of taken that and then some on with Baseball Toronto so let everybody know what what your what Baseball Toronto is all about so Baseball Toronto is oh, we're pushing about two months old now it, it launched just before spring training and it's a a subscription-based website so for subscribers things are paywalled but I, I think worth it and valuable but uh, it's, it's full coverage of the Toronto Blue Jays I'll be at all 81 home games and hoping to do five six road trips in about that range to, to push about a hundred live games covered this year and plenty of minor league coverage as well I was down in spring training for about 30 days doing coverage from there so it's uh, a website that's very small but I'm hoping to use that as an advantage where I can work around budgets and do some traveling on the cheap and hopefully use my stubbornness as a, uh, a tool rather than something that holds me back greatly. For. So it's, uh, it's really exciting. It's going better than I feared. Perhaps that was my, my pessimism naturally coming in at the start, but uh, really happy with where it's going, with where subscribers are right now. And it's uh, early days, but going well. Absolutely. And for so for those of you who don't know Keegan, I mean, road trips and when he says doing road trips on the cheap, he's not joking. He, he'll sleep in his car if he has to <laughs> have a Snickers and keep going, I guess. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so now, Keegan, a Nova Scotia boy, you've got Nova Scotia skin, 30 days in spring training, bud. Give us your thoughts. How did spring training work out for you? Because you were there the whole time, basically. <laughs> the most accurate description I can give you, Sean, is that my watch, it died two days ago, but I have to keep wearing it because 
that's how bad of a, a watch tan I developed. <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly not built for the sun or for tanning. So I'm wearing around this broken watch like an idiot the next couple of days until the Blue Jays go on the road and I can get it fixed. But I, um, I got hot weather sunburns, cold weather sunburns. I think I got some indoor sunburns at hotels. I don't know. It was a, it was a bad scene, and I, I, I set the record for heat complaints. I'm not a, a heat man, but the, the spring coverage itself was, was, was very good, very exciting to have the, the first uh, spring under baseball. Toronto's belt down there, and a learning process, too, of where to go, when to be there, how to do it the right way. So I think next year will be even better, but... It's a really interesting time of year because there's plenty of access to the players. Everybody's in a pretty good mood because nothing's gone terribly wrong yet, so that's very refreshing, and the, the interactions are pretty good and open, so it was a good time. Now, you say now everybody's in a good mood, but a lot of the storylines that came out of spring training had to do with guys being hurt. You know, we got Troy Tulowitzki and Marcus Stroman and Josh Donaldson, and these are not exactly, you know, small names. So I guess... If you compare that to the offseason that the Toronto Blue Jays had, nothing very exciting, yet, you know, the, the hashtag raise the floor thing. Um, when you compare the relatively uneventful offseason, by, by some accounts, to the spring training, where, again, it was kind of uneventful and really all you had to hear about were injuries, um, how does... How does coverage, I guess, you know, from your point of view, how do you cover that still bringing great stories at Baseball Toronto and yet not harping so much on injuries and and the Debbie Downer kind of mentality that has really, really sunk in with this team over the last, oh, God, maybe six, seven months? It has, and, and it, it's hard to stay mentally fresh uh, mm-hmm. during that. That's, that's one thing, honestly, I learned this spring is that uh, you can burn out. Uh, and I didn't think that because, well, what am I doing? I'm standing around and writing. It's not very hard, but uh, when you do that for the 20th or 30th day in a row and you're looking for a story in a training camp that doesn't even have a positional battle hmm. other than Clippard versus Axford and <laughs> Ngope versus Espinosa, maybe those were the big battles. Joe Biagini versus whatever he was versus. I'm not sure anymore, but it was tough and and you need to stay mentally awake i think because otherwise you're just looking at injuries and spring injuries are so vague and cloudy and annoying at times where it's is it a strain is it a pull is it soreness what is it and it's like that around baseball so you you do need to get and push yourself a bit because a lot of days there wasn't something built in now some days you'll show up at the ballpark and uh, there will be a big injury or something happens and you say beautiful fastball down the middle let's write this up it's a gimme. You like those days. Other days you walk in, and the way I described it to another reporter was kind of when you keep walking back and forth to the fridge expecting something else to be there. You walk into the locker room, look around, and say, man, I feel like I've told every story. You know, who's, who's left here? Who can I talk to? So there were, there were some days like that where you had to work around it a bit. Now, that's got to be an odd experience when you're, you, know, you walk in and you say, yes, somebody's hurt. Um, but <laughs> with, yeah. when, you're, when you hear those, though, how much of a... A, a skeptical eye do you put to those things because you know when they release information about injuries uh, there are people out there who would say like for example let's say Troy Tulowitzki here we find out right around opening day that he needs surgeries on both surgery on both feet that's the kind of thing some people would say like how did they not know that so yeah. is there some kind of you know withholding of information and so you guys are you know as reporters were looking around going uh, i don't think that's the whole story um 
is there some kind of uh, energy around those kind of stories? I, I think there always has to be. And even even outside of recent context, I think that just good reporting requires skepticism and kind of a, a, a pessimism of information where you don't just take things for what they are. Now, uh, with Tulewitzki, let's use that example. Now, it's it didn't come up later in the process with him. Now that we finally understand the context of what's happening, I think, uh, it didn't happen until later in his process that the left heel also became an issue. Uh, but none of us knew that until a couple of days ago. But when you hear from the team that you know he, he should be coming back, he's feeling better, well, you say, well, uh, let's look at his injury history. Let's look at what he's doing out in the field. And then you go out onto the practice field and you watch him take a little batting practice that's not the best. You watch him take some ground balls, but instead of throwing across the diamond, he'll just drop the ball or roll it over to third base. So you start to put some pieces together and it's good to be skeptical. And you do read between the lines uh, a little bit because if, if something sticks out, it's usually for a reason. <laughs> and with a situation like Tulowitzki, it didn't look as good as it sounded for, for the entirety of spring. And, and, and when the, the second bone spur came up, uh, um, I, I was surprised, of course, because you don't expect a man to need double foot surgery. But when we heard that, we thought, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. So b- before we move on here and talk about the actual season, I want to ask you, what are you hearing, if anything, around this whole dead arm thing with Josh Donaldson? Because opening day, we all saw it. We all saw him throw from third to first, and it it was not good. Let's put it that way. So is there is there a sense that this is just, you know, something to not concern themselves with? It'll be fine. It'll fix itself. Or because if you do, if you, Keegan, if you go to Dr. Google... You know, you could get some really uh, serious <laughs> scenarios there. So, what's the what's the the sense around that? Arm is the one of the great mysteries of baseball, and mm. I've tried to, to people who have never heard of it before uh, the last couple of days, and I've never felt as stupid as when I try to describe dead arm to someone who's never heard of it, because you're stuck there saying it's not an injury, it's nothing physical. But it's also not a mental thing, Hmm. but they just can't use their arm correctly. And you think, well, what's that mean? Where does that come from? So trying to get his mechanics back to where they are. And dead arm is, you know, what's the the name that's being applied to it? And that's what it likely is. But it's troubling because he's not making a normal throwing motion. It was more of a shot put, a pushing the ball across the field. And this is something that Donaldson dealt with through the spring and wasn't throwing much at the end of spring training, so the team just didn't see it. And at a certain point, if you're Josh Donaldson and you say, I'm good to go, I, do you want to be the one that tells him, hey, prove it? Uh, <laughs> I don't think I want to be that guy. So uh, a veteran earns that trust to go out there. Now, obviously, he shouldn't have been, but it's tough. Now, yesterday he did some throwing, not at 100%, maybe 80%, if you want to call it that, uh, across the diamond before the game and looked good. He was happy. Gibbons was happy. Uh, but at the same time, how many injuries have we seen this year where things are supposed to be good and then they're not? Mm. So I'll believe it when I see him back out there making a really hard throw across the diamond. But until then, this is another mysterious, cloudy Blue Jays injury. 
Right. And there's been a lot of them for it to only be April 1st. And and I think the one thing of note is the way he just kind of said, I'll leave it up to my manager, which is something you don't necessarily hear from a guy like Josh Donaldson uh, normally. So, I mean, you know what? Maybe this is something that... I don't know that maybe that could tell you it's serious. Maybe it could tell you it's not. Um, but at the end of the day, hopefully <laughs> knock on wood here, you know, we're looking at a week at most, but uh, don't go on Google folks. That's the, that's the real advice there. So <laughs> no, don't go on the internet. <laughs> exactly. Um, except to go to baseball Toronto, obviously. Yes. Um, yeah. That was terrible marketing. That's not my story. <laughs> All right, Keegan. So listen, New York Yankees, three games first of all before we dive into that series uh that had some interesting uh stories come out of it generally speaking before the season started were you in optimistic shape about the toronto blue jays chances um this season with the likes of the yankees and the red sox um assumed to be uh, front runners in this division i think i was right in the middle and uh, normally that's a, a cop-out or a lazy answer but i i just see this Blue Jays team as about 500. Maybe they win 78, maybe they win 84, but I think when you look up at Boston and New York, those are just better baseball teams. And it's that, that's not harping on the Blue Jays or being really pessimistic. I think it's just a, a realistic look at the division right now. And to compete with those teams, the Blue Jays need really just one thing. They need somebody to have that superstar season. Maybe it's a, someone you expect, like Josh Donaldson, to push like an MVP. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Maybe it's like a couple of years back where a Chris Olabello comes out of nowhere and hits 340 and hopefully does it clean and something surprises you. A Devin Travis. That's all the Jays really need to push them up into a winning season as long as they're healthy. But when you look at a team like the Yankees, the depth of that lineup, the bullpen they have, uh, what do they have, four or five closers in there that could go in conceivably. It's a better baseball team. And that doesn't have to be a pessimistic hot take. They're just better. Mm -hmm. So I think the Blue Jays need things to go right and things to stay healthy. And hopefully the other teams around them are the ones that have the bad luck and bad bounces, a little injury trouble this year to even things out. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. I, I, I can't help but think they've done a better job insulating themselves against injuries. And so I'm, I'm fairly optimistic mm -hmm. about this team. Uh, yet... I, I say that, and then they go ahead and play the first two games and look absolutely terrible, striking out a total of 24 times in two games. Um, Keegan, you, you, nothing really surprising happened in the first couple of games, right? John Carlos Stanton came in and did his thing the first, you know, he earned his money, sort of. Um, and then the Blue Jays' offense completely just disappeared or hadn't made its way north yet. Um, and then the third game, a bit of a surprise. Kevin Pillar went off on the base paths, um, which was really interesting to see. But overall, this this three-game set, and we I will be the first to say it's three games. We shouldn't make mountains out of molehills here, and I get that. But what are the takeaways for you from these first three games that could or could not necessarily... Um, have an impact on what we see for the rest of the season? I think the big one for me comes from the Saturday game, and I say that while looking at the date on my computer because I'm already at the point in my season where I don't know the day. Uh, Saturday, <laughs> the, the Kevin Pillar steal of home game. Uh, that's not going to happen every game. Kevin Pillar is not going to steal three bases. Luke Maley's not going to steal bases this season. But when you compare that game to the first two games, 
you see that the Blue Jays are going to have to do something different to score runs. And that's hard because this is not a speed team, even though it looked like it briefly there. Um, if, if Dylan Batantas makes a competent throw, that's a terrible steal of home and he's out. You know, there was some luck involved, of course. But the Blue Jays are going to need something like that, uh, pushing it with some team speed, whether that's a hit and run. I, I'll avoid the word bunt, but I'm sure people are thinking it. And this is not a power team anymore. And, and Pilar said as much after the game. This is not Bautista Encarnacion, Smoke, Donaldson in the middle there all having gears. You're going to have some home runs, but this is a team that's going to strike out a lot too. And they're not going to have enough power to strike out as much as they do. I don't think that balance is going to be very nice. So you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to make a mess of the bases and gamble and make pitchers uncomfortable. And I think that showed itself. It's not always going to work that easily. That's probably as good as it's going to be base running wise this year. But these are not the same old Blue Jays. And if you're leaning just on, goodness, on Donaldson Smoke really as your power guys, that's pretty risky. So I think they need to shake things up a bit. Yeah, and they they pretty much, you know, they, they I don't want to say they came out and said it before the season started, but they definitely put that planted that seed that they're just going to have to use the speed that they do have uh, this season, which, you know, in the first two games, it's hard to do when you're not on base, obviously. Um, so, <laughs> you know, that's something, and that's an interesting, I guess, the identity, and I've been thinking about this kind of in the back of my head, the identity of this Blue Jays team now with Encarnacion and Bautista gone, uh, and, you know, the, not just the whose team is it kind of mentality, because I... I that kind of stuff drives me, but just what is what will this team look like? You know, the starting rotation solid if if healthy. The bullpen has a, the opportunity to surprise, but what is this offense going to to look like? And that's something that Keegan, I don't know if you can kind of put it into words, but the identity of this team is kind of in a place where it's kind of evolving in front of our eyes, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think there is an offensive identity right now. Um, I don't think that matters. Mm-hmm. Really, uh, if you if you win with a home run one day and a stolen base the next, who cares? Uh, but I, I don't think there's a sensible identity right now. Mm-hmm. As the year goes on, it's going to become more athletic. As you see guys coming up, the Alfreds of the world, some outfielders coming through, I think that'll change. It'll be younger, more athletic. But right now, this is a team that needs to win with good starting pitching. I think it's a top five AL rotation pretty easily, as long as everyone stays healthy. So the, the ideal Blue Jays game is allowing three or four runs and figuring out some messy, scrappy way to score four or five. And it's, it's going to be different every day, and there will be those days where you get that smoke home run or the Morales home run, and that's taken care of. But other days, you're going to need to use guys like Pilar, like Gritchick, like Granderson, maybe Devin Travis if, if he's really feeling good on the bases, uh, to make something happen, to force the issue a little bit, because... It's not going to be the same thing every day. You'll have to be a little more creative, and in that sense, Sean, I think you'll see John Gibbons involved a lot more. You'll see his influence or decision-making on the game much more clearly, uh, at least when the Blue Jays are at the plate. Absolutely. All right, we are out of time on episode three of the Jays from the, uh, the Jays from the Couch. See, I'm, my head's in that mode. The <laughs> Locked on Blue Jays podcast. Keegan Matheson, I sincerely, sincerely thank you for taking your time out of your schedule to chat with me today. Let everybody know how they can follow you and catch all of your great work. For sure. No, it's my pleasure. You can uh, find me on Twitter at Keegan Matheson. Baseball Toronto is at Baseball T-O-R. 
and you can go to baseballtoronto.com and uh, check it out. Check out the coverage, prospect coverage and everything. And there's uh, subscriptions available in the beautiful blue box at the top of your page. Check it out. Awesome, awesome. So make sure you tune in every day for our Locked on Jays podcast. You can find it, all of our episodes right now on jaysfromthecouch.com. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Jays, and we'll get that website up and running so it, it will stand alone as it so rightly deserves. So for Keegan, this is Sean Doyle at Doyle JFTC, hoping life gives you a juicy fastball down the middle and you don't miss it. Take care. Take care.